Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Let's start with this. Um, The biggest thing that we've been talking about with pro sports and the hopes of them not just being able to start, but to finish these seasons is the testing. And the more I read about these, the more I wonder not just about, you know, some of the delays that are taking place and all of that, but the actual effectiveness of these tests. How accurate are these things, Doctor, from from your understanding? Yeah, so here's the thing, right? So we have these bubbles that have been set up in different sports. Obviously, I saw your guest list, like, you know, with Coach Bruby coming on after me, I think is what's next, right? Like, he's caught in a bubble. And they're going to say, let's keep everybody, we're going to keep as minimal people in the bubble. So the bubble should have zero positives, right? So you're saying, well... I'm, I'm testing them. I keep testing them. Well, look, if you have a prevalence, meaning the number of people in the bubble is zero, you can trust the test. If the test is negative, it's negative. Once you start getting a lot of cases within the bubble, which then you've lost any hopes it's a bubble, then you, then you can start saying, oh, well, maybe the test isn't as good. This just goes into all the statistics and math that comes around testing. So when you hardly have any disease and you get a test and it's negative, you can be sure it's negative. So for what they're doing, the way they're using it in the sense that I'm going to get tested you know, every day or every other day, and they get that rapid turnaround time because the NHL, MLB, MLS can all pay all this money to have that, you know, someone to do the test like that, um, that works, right? That can work. I'd love if, it, if you, me, Jamie, the whole crew could take our test in our houses every day, and I'd know, look, I'm, I'm negative. I'm not going anywhere today. Um, so... Um, that's where we are, and I think that's that's why this that can't this potentially will work for our professional sports. But you got to can you control the bubble? Can you you know eliminate that one person who gets in and has sick, is sick or has minimal to no symptoms and then start spreading it? All right, Jason. My question here is about the different setups that we have in these leagues and the NBA certainly the Orlando Disney World bubble. You know, they're trying to keep everybody in there. NHL, we're not there yet, but they're looking to get to the hub cities and create their their bubbles at that point. And per what you just said, if they can, you know, keep that bubble intact and have consistent negative tests, you would believe that okay, this is going to be successful. Now, I've been on the side of the fence where I'm like, I don't see how Major League Baseball is going to pull this off. And <laughs> The reason I say that is because they don't have any kind of a bubble. It's the honor system, Correct. right? Like, yeah. hey, we're going to self-police, and Adam Wainwright is going to check bedtime. Like, I'm 100% sorry, agree. but it just, I'm not buying it. You, you have to have a bubble if you really want this to happen, especially, especially right now, right? Like, if we look at our own region, we look at our own region, cases are climbing. We've been seeing this over the last two weeks. Yesterday, we set a record in St. Louis County. St. Louis City is increasing. I mean, our region is jumping pretty high. And guess which age group is jumping the highest? The 20 to 29-year-olds, right? I mean, these are the individuals who, guess what they like to go do? They like to gather. They like to go to bars. They like to be at restaurants. They like to be together. So you get one person 
that has minimal to mild symptoms because that's what it does with it in a 20 and a 29 year old and you get around five or six people you're going to pass around especially if you're and especially if you're not wearing a mask you got to be wearing a mask if you want to do that now you're not wearing a mask in a bar right because you're drinking a beer or you're drinking something and so that's the problem so if we really want to keep them safe in our community and within additionally we want to get our youth into sports which we could talk about that if you want we have to do more. Like, means we're going to have to get our caseload way down so you can potentially have that. So I, I agree with you. I was, you know, assuming all the major league sports were like, let's get our bubbles and let's set them up so that we can't, you know, get them out and about and then have our cases um, get in there. All right, Jason, you touched on it quickly, and I want to bounce back with a little bit of a follow-up is, yeah, the youth side of sports here right now. And, you know, for me, I have a personal interest in this, running the Synergy <laughs> Hockey School we have camps and we're trying to keep kids busy, keep them going with athletics, particularly hockey. But I'm seeing in, you know, certain writing papers and things like that, that they're coming out that youth sports is the being named the biggest contributor right now. What do we know about that in particular? Well, that's false. Okay. I'm going to come out and fly out and say that's false. I think um, the County executive stating that yesterday um, was a misrepresentation of what the data is showing. That's not what the data is showing, and, and they don't know. The fact of the matter is we don't know. But if, but if you call up, like, so I've been working with youth sports because, like you, I have vested interests. I have kids in sports. I love sports. And, and let's be clear, right, what did we do when the pandemic hit? We shut down everything, and we shut down the kids immediately. We, we stopped having the kids go to school and doing any of their activities before we even had – we had one case, right? They went on spring break March 13th, and then school shut down. But we still saw a rise in cases, so what did we do? Then we made the stay-at-home orders, right? We had to force the adults inside. And then what's happened now? We didn't start having really youth sports. You know, June is what our, our task force said, and now guess what? We're, you know, they're not doing a ton. They're not doing what they were, but it, we open up, we're seeing the adults. So that's misinformation. If you look at even some of our local clubs, Lou Fuse, Club over 3,000 plus. Scott Gallery, we do a lot of soccer, over 2,000 plus. Each of those clubs has had three cases, none on the same team, all from the outside. And they basically shut down people. They said, oh, we heard you were exposed to somebody. No, one of the swim clubs, they've had one case because they were at a party, and then they've, they've had others be exposed. They've shut them down. It's not happening in youth sports. Now, what they're telling me is that, no, it's all the activities around youth sports. It's the fact that they were you know, at youth sports, and then they decided to go to, a, to a, um, a party. So I don't think it's fair, the fair to blame the children and say, hey, you know, you kids, you're, you're playing these sports, so the easiest thing for us to do is to shut, shut them down. I think we know we need to quit the gathering in our community if we really want cases to go down. And so what are we going to do as a, uh, what I would say, a responsible group of medical professionals who are trying to um, advise people on sports for our youth is to say, hey, for the community good, because the ultimate thing, right, is to get our kids back in school. For the community good, we should probably go, not, not do as much sports, but we should still let the kids do the activity. That's the responsible thing to do. And the other responsible thing to do is says, look, if we're going to back off on new sports, you should probably close the bars. And you probably should take the restaurants back down and, and make, us, make the adults do what they should be doing. But, you know, that's not what's happening. But, you know, that's what should happen. We're talking to Dr. Jason Newland. He's a professor of infectious diseases at Washington University, also in their pediatrics unit as well. So certainly has um, a little bit of expertise on both of these things that we are discussing here. 
Uh, Doctor, I I did want to ask you in terms of just like the projection looking forward at these things. What do you think in terms of the sports leagues? I know you are a sports fan. Who has the best plan to take care of this in terms of the NHL, NBA and Major League Baseball? And where, where do you see the problems kind of arising for these three leagues that we're about to see start back up at the end of this month? Well, as you say that, you know, this is like a dream come true for a guy to be on sports radio now twice. Like, I needed a pandemic to do this. It's awesome, right? But um, Doc, we love having you on. But I hope we never have to talk to you again. We love you. Bye. <laughs> no, that's great. So, um, I mean, obviously, I think the, the this bubble strategy. I mean, that's what we're telling with anybody. You know, keep your bu- bubbles tight. You know, especially right now, I you know I'm telling my kids keep your bubbles tight. Keep you just your friends. Don't let friends in that are being out at parties because once you get them in, you start that. So if we go with that that knowledge, NBA, you know, if they're doing the bubble, I think MLS kind of has a bubble, and then they've actually sent teams home saying, look, you know, you guys have too many positives. We don't even want you in here. Um, those are the going to be the strategies. I mean, can you get Major League Baseball players to go to towns and just stay stay put? Can you have that as we have cases surging? Can you, can you do that? Um, that's, I mean, to me, that's like can you, can you take a kindergarten class and move them and say, okay, we have keep, keep, keep control over you. You're not going out. We can't risk you to go out because you could come in contact with somebody. Um, can you say that, well, we're going to do it and we're going to mandate masks and they're definitely going to wear masks? Okay. I mean, you're, again, you're giving people the honor system, and, and, and do we trust the 20 to 29-year-old, which is going to be our baseball players? Um, that's tough. Um, NHL, I mean, you know, if we think about stereotypes, I mean, the NHL guys are, you know, pretty hard-nosed, and it seems like they're more likely to potentially follow the rules. But, Jamie, you can probably tell me if that's true or not, um, and can they do that? Um, you know, you've got to be strict. If you really want to get through this, and you know, we want to win another Stanley Cup because we can finish the, the season – People are going to have to be strict, and and I would suggest you should act like you're doing a stay at home when you're on the when you're doing these things, um, and then you just go and play. Yeah, Doc, I tell you what, from the hockey side of it, uh, and I can't speak to the other sports, but yeah, there is a strong policing culture in hockey, and especially when it comes to the Stanley Cup, it's uh, certainly uh, the trophy of all trophies for those yeah. guys. So I do think. That And especially, too, because some cases have popped up, and I think it's been a good warning shot for the teams that are involved to, you know, tighten it up and make sure that they do create this bubble and finish the season. So I would agree. I think that hockey's going to have a good chance. I think that basketball's got a, a good shot if they can keep everybody in the bubble again and not to beat a dead horse. I just think that Major League Baseball is going to have the hardest road to navigate just because they have so many different personalities, so many different nationalities, so many different age brackets. I just worry for Major League Baseball, and I think, for me, that really sucks. Yeah. Well, I will say this. I mean, I think what people think about, and they're saying, well, no, it has to be NBA has the greatest risk. Well, because they're thinking about the actual playing of the sport, right? They're comparing baseball to the playing of the sport. They're saying, well, if you're playing basketball, you're, you know, there's more contact. You know, it's more in person. It's not like in hockey where you might, you know, you have pads and potentially, I mean, if they're wearing masks. Like, they're thinking of the sport being like, oh, you know, baseball's probably the least. It's not going to be, it's, they're, you're going to be tested before you play, right? Like, they're not going to let anybody go out and play positive. Where they're going to get their positives is not from somebody else on the field in baseball. It's outdoors, right? Like, you know, youth baseball, you could argue, is safer than, than indoor basketball just because we don't test everybody all the time. In these professional sports, it's what they're doing outside of the game. 
it's it's going to be everything that they're doing outside of the game and what risks they're going to put themselves into and you know take away the risk don't be around people Talking to Dr. Jason Newland, he's a professor of infectious diseases at Washington University here in St. Louis. Final question that I have for you, doctor, and it's just because we have you here with us. I wanted to ask you what's on a lot of parents' minds right now, which is what's going to happen here in the next month or two when it comes to sending kids to school it's a discussion that is taking place all across the country, certainly. But from your perspective as a doctor and someone who works with children so often, what do you think should happen here with returning to school? And what do you think is right to do in terms of the actual health side of things? So, Brandon, thank you for asking that question because it's super, super important right now. So, number one, we we have to guarantee and and make sure our educators, meaning our teachers, feel safe and know they're safe. Number two, we have to remember, and I would put these 1A one, one and 1B or 1A and 1A2, whatever, that the kids need to be in school and we need them to be safe and that the parents know they're safe. We also have to remember that what our school systems are doing right now is amazing work because they're putting in all these mitigation strategies. And I say mitigation, you know, there's going to be masking. They're going to have distancing. They're, they're, they're restructuring how you might do lunch. All of these risk points. School is probably going to be one of the safest places one could go because of everything in place. Now, everyone's like, well, they're going to all be together. Well, yeah, and it's going to be harder. School is going to be almost impossible if the cases continue to rise like they're rising currently. How can you have, right, if, 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 if our little ones or my, my teenage daughter um, is, comes home and, there, and there's all this, this disease and I'm decided to go out to parties and stuff and I give it to her and then she goes to class, right, now we have exposures and that, now there's other people down, like that's going to make it impossible. So if our community doesn't realize that we have to stop doing the things that we're doing, stop having the parties, stop getting all these big gatherings, we're not going to have school. And, and the other thing we have to remember is school's more than just education, right? There are many people that go to school. That's where their food security is, uh, happens. Um, we know that child abuse and neglect reports go down when, when they're not in school. So there's other children that are, that are having, being hurt. I mean, there's gaps that occur. Those who have the resources will do fine in an e-learning um, manner. Those who don't have the resources, the gap will just continue. And we know that's present in our society. We know that's present here. And we can't let that happen. And so I would say it's a call to us. It's a call to us adults that we're going to have to be adults, and we're going to have to, like, forgo some of the things that we love. And, and to all the people out there that have bars and restaurants and or, or like to go to church and all these things, I think we have to reconsider. Um, if we really want to put children first, that's what we do. And, and frankly, children haven't been put first at all in this pandemic. I think it's time we do that. All right, Doc, I got one last question for you if you have time for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, I've got a type 1 diabetic child. Yeah. She's 11 yeah, years yeah. old. Yep, yep. And... You know, going back to school is, you know, makes me and my wife yeah. uneasy. And what are some yeah. of the things that we can do as parents to uh, help her safety-wise yeah. just yeah. every day for one thing? And then also if, you know, they end up going back to school, what are some of the things we can do to be cautious? Yeah, no, it's great, Jamie. I appreciate that. You know, um, I work with a, with a colleague of mine who's been working on the sports stuff who's a type 1 diabetic. Um, and he is a water polo player, uh, really fit guy. Um, played water polo throughout, and he was really mad when he saw diabetes listed as a 
concern. And if you really look at the data for children with type 1 diabetes, they do great with the, if they get this. Now, with that being said, I, we still want all of our kids protected, right? Like, I, I want your daughter protected. I want my daughters protected, my son protected. Um, and so here's what I say. When we go out, we wear masks. That's what we should be doing now. Um, and, and as adults, we need to be wearing masks because what we're seeing primarily is as adults coming home and giving it to our kids. That's what the data is showing primarily. So we wear our mask. We, we teach them how to do that well. We, we teach them that this is what school is going to be like. You're going to be wearing the mask. Number two, we wash our hands like crazy. We wash them correctly. We do them before and after. It's the same stuff we've always been taught to do. Now we just need to focus on it even more, and we'll remain healthy. I think number three is we have to have this culture that we're not going to go out when we're sick. That has to be for all of us. That means if I have a runny nose and cough that's new and I'm like, whoa, what is this? I don't need to be around people. I mean, I don't need to do it. And I need to continue to wear that mask if I go out and I need to go do something and I have those symptoms. We have to change that culture to do that. Um, And I think, you know, when you're out, you do your social distancing as you can. You understand the people you're around, and we trust in one another that we're going to do this together, and that'll keep us safe. Um, and I think we're going to do this. I, I, there's a risk, you know, Jamie, and, and Blake, there's risk to doing this stuff, right? And But this virus is going to be here for a while. You know, we want a vaccine, and the vaccine will come, and, but this is, this is not a, this is going to be over in a couple months, right? I mean, we need to keep working on this, and we can do this well. And we can benefit our kids, we can benefit our society by putting the children first and keep your daughter safe, my daughter safe, my son safe, and all of our loved ones safe. He is Dr. Jason Newland. He is a professor of infectious diseases at Washington University here in St. Louis, and we always appreciate his time joining us here on 101 ESPN. Doctor, all the best to you and your family. We wish you guys health and happiness, and uh, hopefully we don't have to talk to you again soon, but if we do, we always look forward to it. Uh, Same here. I appreciate it. Tell Coach Ruby good luck, and uh, thanks for all you guys are doing, and uh, have a great day.